Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to this edition of All About Wine. I keep turning on the intro, and it's, I'm not hearing it. It's not playing at all on my headset. And I can hear this, I can hear everything else that goes on, but I cannot hear the intro. So I don't know if you all are hearing the intro or not. So, you know, boom, 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 boom. It's time for All About Wine. Um, you know, the, I don't know what's happening. But that's why I turned it off because I didn't want that dead air at the beginning of it here. So if you are hearing it, great, wonderful. And if you aren't hearing it, then that needs to be fixed. I, he, Mike is still out. Problems here. Mike will check all that stuff. He'll know what's going on with it and everything else. And he is still not quite set up and ready to go with me yet. Uh, he's... Getting back in his house, I told you he had major, major damage from Hurricane Ian, and they are just now getting it done, getting it settled so they can get back in. So because of that, he is not with us. So he needs to check this opening. But this opening is driving me crazy. The last three shows, it was not coming up so I can hear it. I can hear everything else, but not that. So if, you know, drop me... uh, an email. Let me know. Let me know if it's on there. I, I really would like your help on that because I don't know if it's playing or not. We have ourselves a guest tonight. He should be getting in touch with us any second here now. He's supposed to be calling in. And so when he does, uh, we will bring him on Doug Frost, who is a wine judge and um, a, well, uh, quite a few things. Actually, he is a master of wine and a master sommelier, which is uh, one of only three individuals in the world to hold both of those titles at the same time. Uh, So, like, wow. They did a, a major tasting, the Wine Pinnacle Awards in uh, Singapore, uh, first of the month, and he was one of the five people, internationally renowned wine experts, who chose the uh, uh, people who are going to participate in all that. So when he gets here, he uh, will explain to you how the process went and all that. He is limited on his time tonight, though. He's got a dinner party scheduled uh, about 7.30, so he will uh, be cutting out uh, about half hour in the show. But right now, uh, we're waiting for him to call in with us and get on the program and explain to us the process and everything else for the Wine Pinnacle Awards. 
And he's supposed to call in now. What time is this? Four minutes after uh, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on November the 17th. And, in fact, I just confirmed his uh, call about an hour ago. Well, no, it's been more than that. A couple of hours ago. And I got responded by his press secretary that he would be with us. So I don't know. I don't want to leave the page here and start talking about something else for fear that he will pop in on me. And so you just get to hear me rattle on for a couple of minutes here is all. Uh, I, if he doesn't, uh, I'm going to be telling you some stuff about biodynamic wine tonight and natural and organic. I just read an interesting article. We have discussed this before. We have discussed these topics before, but I just found a simple, easy way uh, explanation for all three of them, which you might enjoy. So I'm going to talk about those uh, when he gets off, if he gets on. Uh, that's the question. Will he be with us tonight? Doug, Doug, where are you? Uh, whew, let me see. Let me go back here to my emails and see if for any reason we have a message for him that says he is late or not going to make it or anything. Nope, nothing's came in. So, hmm. Don't know, don't know. No, not here yet. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Let me, I'll bounce back and forth. Let me start telling you about the the article, the things about this. It all resulted from a, a fact. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned, does biodynamic farming improve wine? And I started digging into that, and I saw these other things here. And so I wanted to bring these up to you. I will be clicking off every once in a while here, seeing if maybe he calls in. And if he has, then we'll go to that. And if he doesn't, then I'll continue talking about this. Okay. Organic, biodynamic, and natural. What is the difference between all those? You've heard them, I'm sure. You've heard, you've heard organic. Biodynamic, some people aren't really familiar with it. If you listen to the show, you are, because I'm constantly mentioning stuff about biodynamic. But what does it mean? What What is the difference? The distinction between organic, biodynamic, and natural overlap some. They're not all the same, but they're not all completely different. They're, they're not interchangeable, though. They, they overlap, but not interchangeable. Uh, certified organic wine uh, and, uh, does not mean that it's biodynamic. Biodynamic can mean that it's organic, though. And natural wine... Uh, also falls into a different category a little bit there too. Uh, so organic. In the United States, organic wines fall into two categories. Wines that or, or that are organic 
and wine made from organically grown grapes. Now, there is a distinction there simply because uh, the grapes are grown without the use of synthetic fertilizers and all the ingredients going into those wines, including the yeast, must be certified organic. Now, they are grown under organic certification. The United States Department of Agriculture has strict rules and regulations on that. And because of those strict rules and regulations, they have to fall into that category. But the that's that's growing them. Now, once you no know, fertilizers and stuff like that, they have to be just like any other product out there, you know, grown organically. Grapes have to be too. Now, wine made organically falls under the category. It has to be all the ingredients going into the wine have to be organic, which includes the yeast. Uh, which is, has to be certified organic. Now that, uh, most of the time, that's not a problem. There is organic yeast out there. The main thing that you are probably aware of is no sulfites may be added to these wines. Are naturally occurring sulfites in organic wines that they usually occur 10, 12 parts per million. And whenever you talk about sulfites added to wine, that's what we talk about, parts per million. So, 10, 12 parts per million. In the United States, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the maximum amount of sulfites you can add to any wine is 300 parts per million. Nobody does. I don't know of any wine. I've never talked to anybody. I've never, you know, in all the shows we've done, making wine myself and all that, and wine people I know, nobody I know of does that high. Most people keep it use around 100, 120, something like that, but not very many go up to that high. So sulfites are basically a non-issue. Sulfites in wine are used to uh, to extend shelf life, basically, is what it gets wine clean and extends shelf life. So uh, the uh, sulfites in organic wines cannot be added but it usually usually comes in naturally at about 10 parts per million. So only these wines can display the USDA organic seal, and they must be certified organic, I think, for three years, is it? Three or five years before they can actually say they are, are organically grown and or, or organically made. Now, made with Organically grown grapes means the wines must be made entirely from certified organic grapes. And additional ingredients used in the winemaking process need not be organic, but they cannot be produced with the use of pesticides or synthetic fertilizers. So you can say this is, these wines were made with organically grown grapes. That doesn't mean the process when they make the wine is fully organic. It only means that the grapes are growing. So watch the wording on stuff like that. Wines must be produced and bottled in an organic facility and sulfites must be limited to 100 parts per million or less. Now here it's saying 100 parts per million or less. Although these wines can state on their labels that to have been made with organic grapes. Okay, they cannot be said that they're organic 
uh, organically made. Okay, so that's the difference: organic growing and organic made. Organic growing vineyard, you can still add sulfites, and they must be doing an organic facility, but organically made, you can't add the sulfites, which is really the, the fine line between the two there. Now, in the European Union, they allow the use of organic wine label on it, um, but the difference is that the, or, the European Union has a higher level of sulfites. They can contain up to 100 parts per million of sulfites. So if you get European grapes that say um, organic wines, then it is possible to contain up to 100 parts per million of sulfites, whereas United States, no sulfites added. Now, Canada is a little bit closer to the United States. Uh, in Canada, wine labeled 100% organic must be produced using certified organic grapes and added sulfite line, too. No added sulfite. Wines will create sulfites naturally. It's, it's a natural occurring byproduct of fermenting wines. You'll get sulfites. Not a lot, but you'll get sulfites. So... It's no big deal. It really isn't. Uh, Canadian winemakers also have the option to designate their wines as organic if they were made with a minimum of 95% certified organic grapes and still contain very low levels of sulfites. And then in Canada also, if wines are labeled made with organic grapes, which is an unofficial distinction for bottlings, made with a minimum of 70% organic grapes and added sulfites. So there's all sorts of things to remember there if you're going to get stuff and you're worried about organic and all that stuff. There's just little ways they can go around it. Canada's um, gets around a little bit more in uh, EU or U.S. So uh, that's what happens. All right. What is biodynamic wines? I've talked about biodynamic before in the past, uh, what it is and how it came about. This, this is basically a review here for you, but it's uh, it's interesting. Biodynamics is always fun to to delve into. We and actually we have talked to a biodynamic winery located in Mendocino County, California. Oh, geez. Again, this is where Mike is always so nice for us because I can say that. And he'll immediately start looking up and tell us the winery and the episode and all that. But since he's not here and I, I don't have multiple computers to do that on while I'm talking, I only have the one, I can't. So, But you can look in archives and you can find the one that says organic are biodynamic. It's in Mendocino County, and it's uh, they do a do an excellent job there. They, they we talk to them, and they really swear by the biodynamic process. So uh, check that out. Oh, my engineer just brought me in a wine. 
this is this looks good. I don't know where the heck we got this, but this looks really interesting. Uh, this is a Roja from Spain, and it is it says Marquis de Caceres, Caceres, C A C E R E S, Marquis. Marquis, M-A-R-Q-U-E-S, with that little mark over the E, Marquis D, uh, Caceres, Caceres, with a little mark over the A. There is a name for that little mark, too, and there's something else Mike could be able to pop up for us and say, oh, that mark is called a, I don't know what it is, but this is a, uh, is that a C or a G? That looks like a C. A crianza, a crianza grape. Crianza? Never heard of it. Uh, James Suckling. That's what it says. James Suckling in 2020 gave it 92 points. And I guess I should look up James Suckling and find out who he is and why he is giving it 22 points. Uh, Let me punch in that name here while we are S-U-C-K-L-I-N-G James Suckling American Wine Critic James Suckling Ratings there's where we go J.S. Wine Ratings it says is an internationally influential wine critic that provides ratings for wines based on their taste and looks that's Pretty good description, isn't it? Isn't the internet just fascinating? Uh, but he gave this a 92. I guess James Suckling is a well-known wine critic, an influential wine critic. So, hmm, I honestly have never heard of him, which you would think that I have, but that doesn't mean that I know all of them. Oh, yeah, he said quite a few Quite a few internet things to to go to. Hmm, okay, so uh, James Suckling is an international uh, wine critic, and he gave this a 92. Let me go check here. Nope. Uh, it is. It says Dominican de Originen Calificada. Calificada. I don't know. I don't speak Spanish. I don't speak any other language except English, and so I destroy words all the time on these. Uh, is this written in English or Spanish? Oh, it's written in English, so I'll be able to read it to you. It says uh, Marquis de Cestres, uh It's a C. Crianza. C R I A N Z E. Uh, is made from Tempranillo grapes. Oh, what the, I think call them Franza. Uh, I don't know. I don't understand that. Uh, selected by hand, uh, vinified with care and aged in French and American oak barrels for 12 months. Further aging a bottle for several months highlights its real berry fruit structure and complexity. Silky smooth and elegant in the mouth serve at 60.8 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that's pretty specific. Red wine product to Spain, 
contains sulfites. There we go, right there again. Uh, vineyardbrands.com, but that's the importer there that I just gave you the uh, the, the website. That's the importer. Uh, Marquidecastorus.com is the website for this. I suppose I can look that up, but it's probably all in Spanish, and that's not going to do us any good at all. But let me give you a tasting. Let me pop back and see if I guess the time got away from him and he just missed it. Or his dinner party got away from him and he missed it. Oh, well. It happens. I have missed people and people have missed me before, so it's no no big deal. I'll, I'll tell you some stuff after I talk about this organic stuff. I'll tell you what the, the awards were and what everything was about. I won't have the first-hand on-site knowledge that he does. but Okay, this is a Tempranillo grape. Color, nice dark color. Oh, yeah, really nice dark color. I like that. Uh, let's see what the legs, for those of you who are into the legs on the line. I'm not. I say that, not trying to be, you know, anything but just... I'm not into the legs on wine, so therefore I usually don't pay much attention. Oh, nice slow legs, rather thick, uh, which, you know, for those of you into that, that, that's a good sign. Let me see what this aroma is going to give to us here. Mm, Not opening up. A little subdued. don't like it when a wine does that. I like to think of But I'm sure my engineer didn't open this up except just now because she likes to bring a wine in and surprise me what I'm having during the show. There, it's coming out a little bit better. Oh, that's nice. A little earthiness to it. Dark, dark fruity flavor. This is, oh, let me think of some plum. Yeah, it's, it's a good dark plum Oh yeah, definitely. That's that's nice, and it's uh, hmm. As I scroll it more, the more the aroma is opening up, and more that plumminess is coming out, which is which is nice. Okay. First sip, a little bit lighter than I expected it, but very nice though. Anyway. Uh, getting some nice uh, fruitiness to it. Again, we're going that dark. Second sip always. Never judge a wine on your first sip. If you've been with me, you know that. You always judge a wine on your second sip. Nice, nice dark fruitiness. It's got some, it doesn't carry the plum taste through, but it does carry the, well, I hate to say earthiness. It's, it's got that that nice amount of tannins and that nice amount of dryness in there. Uh, good balance of the acid, though. I'm not getting overwhelmed by acid at all. It's just got some nice tannins. I can see we have had this for a while, say, you know, quite a few months. I'm, I know because I know we haven't bought this lately. I think this was part of the shipment of... Spanish wines that we got when we still had the winery open. And so this is five years old, 
six years old now. And it's really well balanced. The tannins are still there. It could probably be aged even more. But I like that bit of tannin in it. And the acid has really balanced quite well with the fruit. Uh, the the uh, plumminess, the, the uh, uh, blackberry. Uh, and, th- and that's what I'm getting, I'm blackberry. I was trying to think of what it is that I'm, I'm detecting, but that's some blackberry that's coming out, uh, or more so than the plum. And it's got a nice, uh, nice aftertaste, nice finish on it. Uh, not overpowering, not real long lingering, but it's still giving me the nice blackberry flavors and a little plumminess in the back of the throat. Uh, I'm really impressed in the fact that it's not overpowering on the acids. It's just really a nice you know, fruity wine. And when you say fruity, I always tend to think of lighter fruits, but this isn't. This is a heavier fruit. This is, you know, uh, uh, well, it's hard for me to find what I'm looking for here. The plumminess of, of the plums tend to be a little bit heavier fruit as opposed to something. As do dark fruits, I guess, if I think about it a little bit. So, very nice wine, though. I have no idea how much we paid for it. I have no idea where you can find it, even. It's a 2017, so it couldn't have been back in 2016 when we got it. Since it's a 2017, we must have gotten it since then uh, because of the vintage on it. No, I am really confused. I don't know where this came from. Hmm. We do pick up wines all the time. We see different places, and we say, oh, this looks like a good wine at a decent price. Most of the time, we stay below $30, and majority of the time, uh, below 20 but we do go up to 30 So it's no more than 30 and probably right around 20 I would guess. But uh, Marquis de uh, Caceres and... M-A-R-Q-U-E with a little mark S, D, D-E, C-A with a little mark above the A, C-E-R-E-S. And then this is uh, Crianza, 2017, Roja. Uh, Roja? But it says Tempranillo grapes. So I'm, I don't know. I don't know why they put it in there. See, we need Doug on here. Doug is, is a master of this stuff. He can tell me this all is. Well, oh well. We will forgive him and hope we can get him on some other time. I'd like to get him on, not just to talk about the thing. Doug is actually based in Kansas City, Missouri, which is my hometown. So that would be fun to talk to him about that. So. There we go. That's the wine we have tonight. I better pour myself some because my engineer is going to come here and grab the bottle because she always does. And I'm going, wait, I want more. Please, sir. So uh, we will go back to talking about our organics here. Okay. Biodynamic. Biodynamic winemaking is a practice that goes back to the early 1900s. And it's 
the same everywhere. It's a biodynamic. It was originally came about, started in the 1920s by Austrian philosopher Rudolf Steiner. And he's the one that came up with the uh, biodynamic system. And I also just read something that was interesting. Steiner is really quite, I mean, you, you realize 1920s, some of his writings and stuff was very, very racist, very prejudiced. But you have to realize his place in history and his time period in history and his country is Austrian and in the 1920s. So, yeah, we can almost understand, not forgive, but understand his writings then. But if you can separate the man from his uh, thoughts on that from the biodynamics, then that's really what most biodynamic farmers have done. They have, you know, we condemn him for his thoughts on that, but we praise him for his thoughts on on biodynamics. So, but the biodynamic calendar, uh, each day coincides with one of the elements. Uh, Well, I guess we're going to, Miss Doug completely tonight. He's not calling in, and it's 7.30, and 7.30 he's supposed to be getting off. Uh, so we missed you, Doug. We'll try to get you on some other time. Uh, so biodynamics. The days, each day coincides with one of the elements, fire, air, water. And then they are organized by fruit days, which is preferable for harvesting the grapes, root days, which are pruning days, leaf days, which are watering days, and flower days, which you don't do anything. You leave the vineyard alone. So biodynamic practices don't go by the calendar. Uh, Steiner also instructed followers to use fertilization prep. You know, one of the techniques involved farming involves cow horns filled with compost that are buried in the vineyard, and then you dig them up later on a certain time period and sprinkle them around the yard. Now, cow, not bull. You can't use bull horns. You have to use cow horns. So when you get yourself cows to wander around the vineyard, then be sure they will grow horns. Because some cows don't. Not all cows grow horns. So... You've seen probably biodynamic and organic grouped together, and there's a reason. Biodynamic wines employ organic practices as they avoid pesticides and depending on the composts rather than chemical fertilizers and stuff. And the majority of the biodynamic wines are simply organic in practice. Certified biodynamic wines are permitted to contain up to 100 parts per million of sulfites. Hmm. Which is far more than USDA or Canadian standards for certified organic wines. Wines that that's organic is not necessarily biodynamic. Even if wines that are biodynamic, uh, biodynamic are often organic. So, got that figured out? You can have a biodynamic wine that is organic, but you can't have an organic wine that could be classified as biodynamic because of the sulfite restrictions, the sulfite rule. Back in 1985, Demeter, I think that's how it's pronounced, 
Demeter, Demeter, D-E-M-E-T-E-R, Demeter, Demeter, it might be, USA, was founded. And it's a nonprofit organization dedicated to biodynamic practices. So it has been around for, you know, 85, 40 years now. Uh, not quite, just shy. But Demeter International is in 45 countries. So the biodynamic movement has Demeter as its, our Demeter, I think it's Demeter, has its founding organization to certify you biodynamic. Then there's natural wine. Okay, commonly agreed definition of low intervention or natural wine is one that is fermented spontaneously with native yeast. Okay, what do you mean spontaneously? Well, yeast is usually, you can usually find yeast on grapevine, or on grapes. It just, it, you, you, you'll find yeast that is on grapes, and you can just let it from it. I used to tell people, and I, I still do, I think the very first wine that was ever made was probably from cavemen who went out and found grapes. Grapes have been growing forever, and they found grapes, and they picked them and took them back and put them in a little indentation in, in their cave floors so they wouldn't get in the way. And the yeast on these things started to ferment them. And they go, oh, this is good juice. And so that's probably the first first incident of wine that was ever happened. Can we prove it? No. But, hey, it's always fun to think that's how it works. So, these wines are largely unmanipulated and contain only trace amounts of added sulfites. Now, see, but they're saying you can add sulfites to natural wines. They're not filtered or fined. Now, filtered, you know what that means. Fine means uh, just a real fine filtered. So, natural wines usually are cloudy and may have some dissolved solids that's floating around in it. Steps involved in fining and filtering usually require additional products, egg whites, collagen, stuff like that, to clean it out. Now, and it always fascinates me in the fact that they say you can't filter or fine it, but why can't you just run it through a filter? I mean, that contains nothing. Uh, a lot of wines are ran through filters, so you don't have to use egg whites or collagen. But I don't make the rules. And uh, so this category is to define wines that have gone through the bare minimum in terms of chemical or winemaker intervention. And they're often not aged in oak, and they don't have sulfites added, and there's no other factors. So these wines are very limited in their stability, and they're usually produced in small amounts because if you produce them in large amounts, then they can go bad quickly, and that's natural wine. You can find natural wines. You can go to a store and ask them to show you natural wines. You can find them. They're there. I don't, you, you, 
be best to find local ones because if you find them that aren't local, you can have a chance of them going bad. Can a natural wine be certified organic? Well, if the grapes growing adheres to the organic standards, then yes. Can it also be biodynamic? Well, so long as the winemaker employs the biodynamic requirements and the composting and all that stuff, they can be that too. But because it's more rigorous to have a wine labeled organic than natural, and many winemakers just skip getting that distinction and call it natural. So there you go. Three types of wines, three types of methods. Want to pick up an organic wine? Frey Vineyards, F-R-E-Y. Frey Vineyards out of Redwood Valley, California. They've been making organic wines forever. And, I, and I'm not just being uh, forever. They were one of the first, and they still make it. And then there's also Marcel Pair out of Beaujolais, France, that does an organic wine. Biodynamic. Cooper Mountain Vineyards out of Beaverton, Oregon, has embraced the biodynamic vineyard technique since the early 1990s. Uh, they have 125 acres that are 100% biodynamic, and in those they produce uh, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Pinot Gris, Gewürztraminer, Tokay Frulano, Frulano, Pinot Blanc and a Gamay. And then also Nicolas Jolie in Loire Valley, France, does a biodynamic wine. Natural wines. Oh, this one. This is uh, Ariana Ochapinto. I think that's how it's pronounced. O-C-C-H-I-P-I-N-T-I. Ochipinti. Ochipinti. Uh, has makes natural wine since 2006. That's out of Sicily, Italy. Uh, she is actually classified as the leader in the natural wine movement, and her wines still get serious attention from around the world because of her. Uh, she started in 2006, her first vintage, and. Uh, when she was in her early 20s, and she's still doing it. One other natural wine, Donkey and Goat, out of Northern California, makes a natural wine. Uh, Donkey and Goat, a bottle without stabilization, fining or filtering, uh, small amounts of sulfites, uh, so all natural wines there. So there's the three types. Now, the question begs, are they better? Is the, let me check and see if maybe we got it. Ooh, no, I guess we won't check and see if we got it because I just wiped out the web page for the, oh, geez. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Okay, there we are. Nope, he never called in. Uh, now, do, are they better? Are the organic better than the biodynamic, or is the biodynamic better than 
uh, organic or natural or is natural the way to go. I, you know, I, this article says, and this this goes in, this is another article here, it goes into biodynamic and switch into it. Now, you have farmers that say that the vineyard is so much healthier since they went biodynamic. It, uh, this is uh, rates, and let me see where his wine is and who he is. I think he's Australian. And, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Jasper Rates, R-A-A-T-S, or Rats, it could be. He's cellar master and managing director of Long Ridge Wine Estate, which was first planted in 1841 in Stellenbosch, South Africa. And they are going biodynamic now, and they have been going biodynamic. And they said that biodynamic farming works at least by certain measures, while uh, the efficiency of specific practices remains unclear. A recent review in the journal Organic Agriculture of 147 peer-reviewed scientific studies show that when considered broadly, Biodynamic farming seems to enhance soil quality and vineyard biodiversity. And uh, uh, Rats says that he used to prune off his branches and it would take years for it to... See, I told you, she's coming and stealing the wine again. Um, It would take years for it to decompose when they fall on the ground, but since he went biodynamic, the soil has absorbed and broken down the branches by summer if they prune them, prune them in the winter. So it's it's a big difference. Uh, Yagara Estate Vineyard in Australia's McLaren Vale also is biodynamic, and he said that it is the best thing he's ever done. It has made a big difference in his farming and his quality of the wines. Last paragraph. Our last couple of paragraphs. It may not just be wishful thinking on the part of winemakers. Biodynamic wine truly does seem to taste better, at least according to some. A UCLA analysis of 74,000 reviews from wine magazines found that biodynamic farming has a small but significant positive effect on wine quality. Okay. Today, an estimated 800 wineries are certified biodynamic through Demeter and BioDivine. B-I-O-D-Y-V-I-N, BioDivine. Uh, BioDivine is the European certification uh, process. Uh, Demeter is, like I say, the United States and, and 47 other countries. Sales of biodynamic wine increased more than 700% in the United States to about $6 million in four years as of March of last year. Year Year-over-year sales have increased 33%, and the volumes were up 27, which simply tells you that they're charging more per bottle. That's why the increased sales over the increase of bottles. The winemakers mentioned here certainly think that the 
biodynamic wine is here to stay. If it's truly better for the vines, the plant, planet, and the wines, the conversation about biodynamic winemaking has just now starting to take notice. So there you go, biodynamic. It's I went out and tried to find a biodynamic wine. I could not stores around here. I'd go in and say, I'm looking for a biodynamic wine. And most of the people behind the counter, I went actually to Lucan, which is a, a chain around around Tampa. And I asked, I had to call up one particular guy who knew more about it than any of them. And I said, I'm looking for biodynamic. He took me over to the certified organic section. And I said, these are biodynamic. He was, yeah but it didn't say so anywhere on the bottle. Now, I don't know if that's because biodynamic doesn't sell, if people aren't aware of it, or if he just didn't know what the heck he was talking about. I don't know. But biodynamic is hard to find, but it's, you know, and I wasn't, well, I can't say I wasn't real impressed. It was good. But it didn't stick out with me so that I'd say, oh, my gosh, I need to get more biodynamic because, well, like I say, it didn't stick out with me. Okay, my guest tonight was supposed to have been Doug Frost, and we'll get him on again. Brief profile, Doug Frost is a master of wine and a master sommelier, as well as an author and wine consultant based in Kansas City, Missouri. Yay, that's my hometown. Frost is one of three individuals in the world to hold simultaneously the Master of Wine and the Master Sommelier titles. Impressive. The Wine Spectator has bestowed the accolade of Master of Spirits on Frost. In 2006, Frost, along with a few partners, founded the Beverage Alcohol Resource, or BAR, a spirits and cocktail educational organization. Cheers magazine selected Barr and its founders as Innovators of the Year for 2007. He was awarded Beverage Innovator of the Year by Cheers magazine. Very good. Okay, now, the reason I was going to talk to him is because the 2022 wine uh, winners of the Wine Pinnacle Awards were just held in Singapore on November the 1st, which is, I, oh, I've heard of the Pinnacle, Wine Pinnacle Awards, but I didn't know where or when they were held or any of that stuff. But I got this dense press release here. The press release itself is like six pages long. I'm not going to read you the whole press release, but I will go through and read you this because this pretty much explains everything right here. It is winners of the Wine Pinnacle Awards 2022 recognized at Resorts World Sintosa, S-C-N-T-O-S-A. Results for the 18 categories were announced at the highly anticipated celebration of prestige and innovation. Singapore, November 1st. That was what day? That was a 
November 1st. That was a Tuesday? They held the award on a Tuesday? Wow, that's odd. The prestigious Black Tie Soiree, the Wine Pinnacle Awards Gala Dinner and Awards Ceremony 2022, celebrated 18 winners of the second edition of Wine Pinnacle Awards, presented by Resorts World Sentosa, abbreviated RSW, RWS. Of the awards given out in the evening, the Technical Committee's Choice was the most coveted title. The award was presented unanimously by the five members of the Technical Committee to Barbara Bank, Chairman and Proprietor of Jackson Family Wines. That's California wine. The distinguished event at Resorts World Ballroom within within Resorts World Convention Center at RWS in Singapore, hosted nearly 500 of the leading figures and luminaries in the wine world, which included distinguished winemakers, top wine professionals, and wine enthusiasts alike. The much-awaited celebration was the final of a five-day program that featured exclusive wine dinners, industry masterclasses, and a two-day symposium. This still seems odd that it ended on a Tuesday. Mr. Tan He Tech, CEO of Resorts World Sentosa, said, quote, It's a pleasure to see a great variety of guests from all over the world represented here tonight. The diversity on display, both in terms of attendees and the geographical origins of the nominees, beautifully demonstrates the dedication of the Wine Pinnacle Awards to celebrating diversity, inclusivity, and excellence. Leading a business, let alone a vintage, to triumph can be an uphill battle, and as such, we are eager to shine the spotlight on the commitment ability, and sheer hard work of our deserving nominees and winners. I wish them the best of luck and congratulate them on their win in these prestigious awards. <coughs> Excuse me. To continue. After months of anticipation, the 18 winners of the 2022 Wine Pinnacle Awards were revealed and celebrated as guests indulged in an exquisite eight hands four course collaboration dinner specially curated by four of the most talented and renowned chefs in the world i will apologize before i go further into this on pronouncing names i will destroy them i know i will chef arnold dunand uh, sathier who is two mission stars in Masson Danang, Bangkok, Chef Cedric von Grichting at Wyan, New York, Chef Goulomé Goulot, I don't think it's pronounced Goulot, three mission stars, Caprice Hong Kong, and Chef Olivier Bellin, Two mission stars at La Abrege de Glassics. And again, I apologize. The chefs each presented a course meticulously prepared, uh, paired with rare and exceptional wines from Domaine de Montil, Chateau Laville La Casas, and Wine Gout Joe Jas Prune. 
Quote, as a chef, it's all about tasting, discovering, and having an open mind. Like wine, as it ages and becomes more elegant and refined, the more I travel, the more knowledge I gather, and I get better and better with age and experience as long as there is passion in the mind. This was explained Chef Goulomay Goulot. All right. Wine Pinnacle Award nomination process. The technical committee comprises five internationally renowned wine experts. Committee chairperson, or chairwoman, oh, they actually put one, Ms. Jeannie Cho Lee of Hong Kong, Mr. Andreas Larson of Sweden, Mr. Doug Frost of the United States, which was going to be our guest, Mr. Kenichi Ohashi of Japan, and Mr. Oz Clark of the United Kingdom. They were responsible for establishing the award categories and the nomination structure, forming a credible panel of jury members from different parts of the world, including Asia, the U.S., and Europe, and overseeing the nomination process to ensure a focus on diversity, quality, and merit. The results are the culmination of the expert opinions of 61 of the world's leading wine professionals, among whom are 38 Masters of Wine, 6 Master Sommeliers, and 6 ASI Best Sommeliers. Votes by the jury were gathered by way of a secure and anonymous online nomination ballot. Each jury member submitted up to nine votes for wines and makers in each category, according to their preference. Each wine and winemaker then received a total number of points after an audit of each vote. Nominees with the highest points are the winners of their category. The Wine Pinnacle Award team prides itself on the validity of the awards and winners. The awards are given solely on merit and are awarded to honor those most deserving for their brilliance and work ethic, distinguishing them from their peers and proving them worthy of recognition. And this celebration of diversity and excellence was apparent from the 18 award categories that included recognitions toward mature wines that are ready to drink, such as Best Vintage Bordeaux Red from 1996, 1998, 2000, and Best Vintage Champagne from 2002, 2004, 2008, Best Recent Releases, Comfort Wines that are less than $40 Euro or $56 American, and Best Friend of the Earth Winery. And then they go on, they list the winners here. I'll see if I can't get this up on uh, okay both of us in no particular order can be found in the annex I don't have the annex um, uh, maybe I can I'll try to get this up there to the winners winners of the all right I suppose you can look up Pinnacle Award wine Pinnacle Award winners and get your list there uh, Chateau Latour 1996 was uh, was the Bordeaux winner. Uh, let's see. Pandemic 
hero personality, Barbara Bank, chairman and proprietor of Jackson Family Wines. Best recent release, Cabernet Sauvignon, 2018 Ridge Vineyards out of Santa Cruz Mountains. Comfort Wine, uh, 2019 Riesling Weidlimer Sonnur out of Moselle, Germany. Uh, that's Comfort White, Comfort Red. 2019 Domaine G. Forlorg, Beaujolais, and Comfort Rosé. Uh, 2020 Chateau Marival uh, out of Provence, France. So there's a, a quick list of a few of them. But Doug Frost was going to come on tonight and tell us firsthand about that stuff. He didn't get a chance to do it, so I apologize for that. But we'll get him on again. I mean, you know, with uh, his credentials and all that, we may be lucky to find him free for an hour to talk to us, but we will try yet again. We haven't given up, and we didn't have to talk about the Pinnacle Wars because I just told you all about him. He can talk to us about other stuff. So uh, there we go. We did some some biodynamic and organic and natural wine information tonight, which was good. Uh, what's that? Why is that up there? I've got an idiot thing. But don't you, the Internet just drives you crazy. They just, we talk about something, talk about biodynamic today, and I'll start having all sorts of biodynamic wines pop up on my Facebook page tomorrow now. Ah, well, so... I, I suppose we are done for yet another week on All About Wine. What is, I think next week is Thanksgiving, isn't it? 17th? Uh, 24th. Yes, it is. So next week is Thanksgiving, and we will not be here next week. We'll, that is uh, one standard week we always take off. We are going to grandson and granddaughter-in-law, uh, which is only... Oh, and less than a mile, less than a half a mile from here. They just bought a new house this last summer pretty close to us. So the whole family is going to go there in their new house. They want to do it. So we're going to go there to celebrate our Thanksgiving this year, which is nice. We don't have to. We usually go to uh, the youngest boy that lives around here, and he's, uh, you know, a good half hour, 40 minutes away. So this is going to be nice. Jump around the corner. So be careful out on the road if you are traveling. Uh, AAA is predicting this to be one of the busiest traveling Thanksgivings we've had in a long time. You know, going back even before the pandemic, I guess people are wanting to see people. So be careful out on the road if you're going to be traveling. Don't drink and drive and drink lots of good wine. I will see you... The first, is that next? Yes, I believe it is, isn't it? I will see you on the 1st of December. We have a guest then, too. Uh, Jody is our guest on the 1st of of December. So uh, we'll be talking to her. And be safe over the next couple of weeks. Take care of yourselves. Be well. And we will see you next time on All About Wine. 
This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.